Vision. 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 Hello my believers, non-believers and I don't know us. Welcome to Vision Podcast, hosted by me, Brandon Holloway. I hope you've had a great week this week. I know mine's certainly been busy. I've just come back after the Easter holidays and I'm shattered already. I've had loads of work dropped on me and it's crazy going into A-levels. But I'm sure a lot of you that listen to this are probably going through the same thing. So let's just go through a stressful time together. Um, One thing that has been a highlight of my week is me and my roommate have absolutely been loving Kendrick Lamar's new album called Damn. Uh, I'm sorry for all the American listeners, aka my girlfriend's side of the family who might be listening to this. I'm so sorry because damn isn't a swear word over here. Um, So I'm just going to not censor that one out for all the UK listeners. Anyway, his new album is absolutely class. It's so good. I usually don't like gangster rap a lot. I mean, I didn't like Kendrick Lamar before. I went to see him last year at a music festival in Hyde Park, London. And I loved him live. I don't know, there was just something about his stage presence that was just amazing. And I started listening to him more. And when his new album came out, I wasn't keen on it first. But then I really started listening to the lyrics. I feel I'm more of a music guy. I appreciate the style of music and like the feel of music and being all soppy like that. (laughs) Um, But I prefer that side as opposed to the lyrics. Whereas my roommate, he's very about the lyrics. He loves the lyrics. He loves knowing the meanings. And he kind of influenced me in that way. So I started listening to the lyrics of Kendrick Lamar's songs more in this new album. And wow, there's so much about God on his album. In so many of his songs, it's like a continuous talk, almost a preach about his personal walk with God. And something I want to talk about today is I want to touch on spiritual warfare. Now, that's something within us, and it's something that Kendrick Lamar points out throughout his album. I highly recommend you go listen to it. I must warn you, though, if you're offended by any explicit language, I would definitely get a clean version or just don't listen to it at all. (laughs) But it's definitely got some good messages about God in there. So I want to talk about his first song, Pride, which is personally one of my favourites on the album. He talks about how he continues to be wrapped up in sin and says, In a perfect world, I would choose faith over riches. And he basically talks about how his superstar status is his personal battle. But this therefore makes it his personal walk with God, as I just said. In his track Fear, which is also one of my personal favourites, he discusses different parts of his life in which fear from what we call the enemy has influence in parts of his life. So when he was younger, he came from a poor background, growing up in Compton. So he spent a lot of years in fear about his own life being taken, as well as that of his family's. It was a very dangerous area to live in. When he eventually reached superstardom, he experienced something completely different to his background. And the rapper now aged 29 talks about his experiences when he was 27 in that he had a very big fear and conflict with money and fame. Now, as far as I know, Kendrick doesn't actually give much insight into his past. Number one, because that's something personal to him. And number two, it would probably take several albums for him to just explain his life story which I actually hope one day that he does. But what I want to explain today is 
The war is within you and it's yours alone, your walk with God. I want to talk about two elements, very basic, there's many other factors in play here, but I want to look at love and fear. Now, love and fear, I like to think of it as food. Fear is the thing that feeds the enemy who's always hungry and thirsty for it. Love is what nourishes you and therefore others. Not only this, but love devours fear. And when it does that, it's when the enemy hasn't got a hold of us. Jesus taught us what love is. And fear plays a really big part in all of our lives. You'll find that everything that we do within our lives, subconsciously, it goes towards fear. And we could even say fear is our comfort zone. And I know at first that kind of contradicts itself and it sounds a bit weird and confusing, but you know, think about it. We resort to it so many times. Like, I even want you to look, even after you've listened to this episode, I want you to look at your daily conversations with people. And I want you to realise how much you actually talk about your fears with another person. I'm not talking about like deep fears, but I'm talking about the simple things, the simple things that make you anxious, that get you down in life, or just negatives. Because I come to find that when I used to have conversations with many people, it was easy to talk about our fears. It's very easy. If we start a conversation with, hi, how are you? As any normal conversation goes, the other person will simply respond, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good too. That tends to be where the conversation stops, unless we've got creative imaginations and we know more about the person to ask them about their other interests. But usually with a new person, that's as far as it goes. So most of us in our comfort zone tend to resort to our fears. You'll happen to find a lot of conversations looking like this. Yeah, I'm alright. I'm a bit tired at the moment. You know, a bit stressed with school, work, kids, parents, siblings, families. You know, the list could go on. I'm not going to give loads of examples. But we always talk about the nitty gritty things within our lives. Now, I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here because even I do that at times. I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing. We are all human. I understand it completely. But we stay inside our comfort zone too much. And what God asks, which is what Christians do a lot of the time, or at least strive to do, is take ourselves outside our comfort zone. So what can we do? What are other ways of being friendly without talking about our fears, without expressing them, and without encouraging them? But when we talk about instances such as a loss in the family, it's hard to remove fear from that situation. I want to let you know something. With Jesus, death is removed. Now, I'm not talking about you come back as zombies or anything like that, what most people seem to believe at first glance. But it's removed because if you fight what's termed a spiritual warfare and you build up faith in Jesus, something like death doesn't have a sting. And we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 56. Or death, where is your victory? Or death, where is your sting? For sin is a sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice how it says, where is your sting? It doesn't ask where death is. So I'm not referring that it completely removes death altogether, which is still possible with Jesus. But I'm talking about when someone dies, we remove that sting not death altogether. This is the explanation that sin leads to hate, anger, envy, lust, deceit, and of course, fear, which the enemy feeds off. 
Sin doesn't help you if it feeds the enemy. And that's why God doesn't want us to sin. It's not for his own gain. We were born without sin. We were born sinless. And to be united with God once again, as any child wants to do with their parent. Even Adam and Eve were born without sin as an example. It was when they used their own free will and the persuasion of the enemy that sin came into the world. But anyway, this is going on a tangent. But what I'm trying to say is since fear is the root of darkness, when we replace it with faith, we have no fear. Only love and faith replaces the feeling when someone dies or during death. Death, where is your sting? Far from my faith in Jesus Christ, who saved me from my sins, and I know I will wake up on Judgment Day to Christ, as will all my loved ones. And I hear some of you say, it's psychological, and it just provides comfort for those in trouble. But I respond to you saying this, it doesn't explain people like me, who didn't turn to God in trouble. I wasn't even raised in church, I seek the truth, and I gained it. The thing that motivates me and most Christians is the loving teachings of Jesus and how he suffered for us. Afterlife is simply a bonus. It's not what we focus on or not what we should focus on at this moment in time. It's just being in love with God. I want to tell you something personal. The thing that motivates me and that gets me most excited about Jesus and wanting to be within Christianity and wanting to be with people and my true aim is at the end of it all, I can just see Jesus walking towards me, smiling, I mean laughing his back off, as he just, he simply hugs me, a big, strong hug. And I know that sounds cheesy to some of you, but Christianity is about relationship, not religion. But anyway, we'll dive into that on another episode. But yeah, you're right, it does comfort us. That's what God wants. Are you not comforted? in your parents' house. We are in our father's house too. Of course, as humans, even death can't remove all sting because, well, we're still human and our bodies still belong on the earth, which the enemy does walk on. And this is what spiritual warfare is, long story short. It's a clash of kingdoms, of light and dark. Jesus established the kingdom when he came and won the victory over the enemy at the cross us Christians, we're called to live on that victory, but we are still waiting for the coming of Christ again, when he will establish the kingdom on earth fully, which is shown in Revelations 21 verses 1 to 7, New International Version. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for a husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be with his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from the eyes and there'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Back to me. I'll tell you something. We're already in the process of bringing heaven to earth 
Because we, as children of God, all of us are called to bring heaven to earth. Give others that taste of what God is, of what love is, and of who we actually are. And as you know, there are even wars now, especially against Christian church, and that families, especially in the East, have been killed by terrorists, which I've personally found links to Revelations 24. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. Does that not sound familiar in our society? But this shows Jesus' coming is closer than what we think. And you might look at what I've just said there and you might be asking yourself, well, how come there's actually evil in the world? But honestly, I'm not going to go over the problem of evil today. Not yet. Because honestly, it's too much to cover in this episode. But you will have the answers shortly. And even as God promises, if you be patient, you will get your answers. But all you need to know is with faith, we are not defeated and are no longer drowning in fear and anger when faith is practiced correctly. The best way is simply being loving. It's up to us how we show love, as well as how we bring the kingdom to earth. What's our role in this battle? It's personal, so you've actually got to ask yourself, what is my role? What can I do? Even if it's just the smallest thing that you start out with, it could be the simplest thing as talking to someone lonely, a neighbour, someone that you might be well acquainted with, someone you may not know at all. As you all know, it's psychological. Smiles are infectious. Love is airborne. Simple thing as a smile can cheer up someone's day. I know it does. I've had that many times. I have been in the worst possible mood. And a simple thing as a smile has brightened me up. Someone asking simply how my day was. Hi, how are you? If it's a stranger, hi, what's your name? Get to know them simply. They might be freaked out at first. But as I said, step out your comfort zone. You never know what you can find out. You know, most opportunities in your life come from knowing people. A lot of people say it's not about what you do, it's about who you know. And in some element, you're right. And what's the best way to do that? Put yourself out there to talk to other people. You never know what opportunities can come around the corner. Someone who you may think has a boring, simple past could teach you the most amazing life lesson you could ever know. You simply do not know a person until you approach them. So then again, ask yourself... What's your role? You know, I'm going from my own personal battle. <laughs> so is Kendrick, as we can see on the album. But so are you. Now, I'm not saying just because it's your own battle that you have to go through it completely by yourself. Of course not. God doesn't want that. And that's what church is there for. I mean, among other reasons. And don't just think you have to go into a cold, big, dark building, which people happen to call a church, to be able to go do that. A church is simply a gathering of people. Now, a lot of people mistake this, which is understandable, because I used to think the same when I was an outsider to Christianity. But once you step in, you realise you can do anything. A lot of people tell you you can pray on the toilet. (laughs) You can worship God in your bedroom. You can worship God out in your back garden. Many historical biblical figures worship God in the desert, in places that had no buildings around whatsoever. So a church is just simply a gathering of people who want to show the love for God and talk about God. It's not a building. God would always look towards people because it's the people that are important, not the property. It wasn't buildings that were brought into the world. It was people. We just, out of habit, have labelled this building a church. Anyway, back to the topic. People are there to help you. If you don't feel comfortable enough to walk into a church, 
there's plenty of call lines out there which can help you, who can talk to you, who understand you. True Christians don't judge, even if you think they do. We are understanding because all are one in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3, 28. Because a true church, what's personal to you, can be shared with others. Moving on from this, God wants you to use him through your personal struggles. God's our father, and like a normal parent, he wants us to come to him in times of trouble. So it's up to us to ask him. Referring back to Kendrick, he had his superstar money and fame issues, but even he said, I put my faith in these lyrics, hoping I make amends on his track Pride. My personal vision is to put my faith in this podcast and my dance. But what's your passion? Treat it as a vessel for your faith in God. You know, I know a guy in church who's a wrestler. Yeah, a wrestler. How can you even show God through that? Well, because he's asked by his co-workers about his faith in God. And the seed of faith is planted in a place that hasn't looked for God yet. And even like you guys, they get to understand and learn more about God. Whether it changes your belief or not, it's good to have a greater understanding. Because something that I really appreciate nowadays is the world is more loving and accepting of a lot more things. And it has more diversity than ever. So if your vision is to create more diversity, this is something great for you to take on board to simply just understand us. But use your passion. God gives us unexpected gifts and even ones we can't understand. Firstly, it's through our passions. And with faith, we can go beyond that. Some may perform miracles. Some may be able to hear God's presence more. You'll find a lot of people can talk in tongues. I personally can't. I know many strong believers that actually can't talk in tongues either. Someone's gift could just be being exceptionally kind. Now, even if you don't believe, how can you help others in what you're passionate about? You can't deny there's a dark side to you, even without God. Rid of it. Win your own battle with love. No one's going to judge you, and if they do, what have you got to lose if you have love? Love is the key to everything. You have something they haven't. Whether you like it or not, love is going to help you. People can't fight love if you think about it. That's why it's so strong. How can what some people call a chemical reaction or just an emotion be the most powerful thing in the universe? Here's an activity for you. Find something in your life, something daily even. Root it back to love. Creation involves love. So does passion. So is what you're taught. Even things that you don't understand is out of love. Even the things that are unexplained in the universe that you expect to be the least loving are even out of love. Love is the thing that protects you from your enemies when they hate, when they hurt you. <laughs> I gave this example to a kid's church like last week and the example was basically imagine a bully came up to you, pushed you, started calling you names and or said something stupid like, oh I hate your hair. Now instinctively we tend to just retaliate, we tend to usually shout back, put hate back onto them, you know thinking there's justice there and they feed off that. Again, like the enemy feeds off our anger, our fear. They feed off it. They enjoy it. True bullies, true people that want to see you hurt. They get a buzz out of it. But with love, well, firstly, they don't know how to respond to your love. If they happen to insult you, you just simply say, oh, that's a shame. I like your hair. Or you've heard the thing of just don't react. Now, I've taken this from my own personal experience of bullying. I don't know whoever's listened to this may be going through something different. 
but from what I've learnt, when you don't give them reaction, when you show them love, something much stronger than hate, they don't know what to do. They stutter, they're lost. You've cornered them. They don't know what to do, and so they just leave you alone. They have no other way of reacting. Do you know why? Because nothing can overcome love. And even if you get physically beaten, even if you have to lose, with love, there's a thing called forgiveness, and that'll heal you. Even physical injuries heal faster than an angry, corrupt heart. And if your body is even broken, remember, Jesus Christ's body was broken first. The man we either see as a nice guy or our Lord and Saviour, there was a real man, scientifically proven, called Jesus Christ, who was loving about all and died on the cross. If you do believe, even though his body was broken, he sat beside God and influenced generations upon generations with love. And in those moments when you're seeking revenge, revenge is empty. You even see it in so many movies and novels and on TV, where the moral to the story is revenge isn't sweet. It doesn't help you feel any better. You can't change the past with revenge. You can't change the moment that's already happened. You can't change the hurt that that person gave you, even though you just hurt them back. That's not how it works. That's not justice. Justice and revenge are very two different things. But love will keep you strong above all else. I'll leave you with these three words. God is love. Now go fight that war. Even in your own life, believe in God or not, there's a war going on inside you. Go fight that war. And in the words of Selena Gomez, kill him with kindness. God bless you all. Peace. Vision. 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 Vision.